Kia ora whanau. Welcome to the Pocket Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Headley. I had the absolutely brilliant opportunity of interviewing Dr. Stephanie Karenia, in other words, known as Psychologist Stephanie on Instagram. Now, uh, we did a Q&A with her live on Instagram, where we had I think it was over 600 people over the course of that Q&A come on. Um, we had, sorry, my light's gone out, so you have to bear with me. Um, we had some incredible questions uh, that covered all things from anxiety. We talked about medication around mental illnesses, uh, narcissism, uh, relationships, and also love bombing, as well as other things as well within this. I also share a little bit around how I started to move through my own depression and how that was very successful for myself because traditional therapies didn't actually work for me specifically. So this was a very insightful episode. Um, I found it quite beautiful in the way that we were able to cover so much in a really succinct way. So we're able to package it up all for you. Now, if you haven't listened to the previous two episodes I've done with Dr. Stephanie, I'd highly suggest going and listening to them because there'll be a beautiful flow on from the earlier episodes to this one so that everything can click and you can get the full package and you can take the most away from this session. So without that being said, enjoy. Um, So my friend is talking to someone um, that's bipolar. Uh, She said to him, I want to be the one to make you happy and take you off your meds. Okay, so I want to, I want to be the one to be, make you happy rather than the medication. Mm. Um, is that narcissistic behavior coming from her to say such a phrase? Mm, interesting question. In any case, it, it sounds as if um, that person is offering to heal you. <laughs> Uh, instead of the medication, I'll heal you. So that's already a, yes. a, a dependent, codependent kind of offer, right? I, right. Um, you, you can need me instead of the medic. It's nice, though. I, I think it's it's nice to want to make someone happy, but the it's important for both to realize you are the only one, that person that can make you happy, perhaps with the assistance of therapy or medication. But it's not not another person's job to make you happy, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, 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 if I reflect on my own experience, I remember I was on, um, I took a, a heavy, I took heavy doses of St. John's Wort. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're aware of that medication, um, not medication, um, supplement rather, um, but of course more a natural based supplement. Um, I know that for myself in that situation with the limited um, awareness that I had, I probably would have reacted negatively if someone had tried to say, um, no, I want to be the one to, you know, make you happy. Um, you know, you need to stop taking those because um, I should, yeah, I, I think that would have made me maybe um, fearful of the idea of coming away from something that was giving me the support, that was giving me certainty. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all I really have to say about that. I think that, um, yeah, so, um, yeah there, there can be a lot there to unpack for sure. That's a very yeah. fascinating one. Eh? Um, I, think, I think it's really important that people do, um, do have the opportunity to use something like medication and supplementation, but at the same time, um, understanding that it's a great support system, um, but it also doesn't solve or resolve the, um, the deeper wounds that are there. Right. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yes. Yeah. For some people it works. And, um, but don't forget to, it would be a shame if you would bypass healing your wounds, going, doing yes. the inner work, because it, it's, it, there's the beauty, journey to yourself is the most beautiful journey. Don't forget that. It's beautiful to learn to, uh, to see who you are and to start trusting yourself. It's, it's great. Um, so, yeah, if, in any case, medication, no medication, it's always good to, to do that work. 
Yes, no, I agree. Um, like, because I know for myself, and I was reliant on St. John's Walk because I was at one point, I avoided a lot of the deeper work. Mm. Um, in fact, I've had a lot of people message me uh, mentioning how they got in, like ended up getting medication, worked mm. for a while, and they had a dip because like certain things came back or they became numb. Um, I know that various med- med- medication forms can mm. um, do that, just mm. you know, just that thing where it sort of decreases the dopamine spikes, which mm-hmm. therefore like decreases that sort of eagerness of life, um, which is yeah really um, fascinating. Of course, it provides support, which is important and crucial from my understanding. Um, but of course, um, yeah, if it becomes the form of the only form of support, um, it can become um, from what I've seen anyway, a, a problematic um, situation where yeah. things are avoided. So I, I, th- think, I think this is a really important conversation, honestly. Yes. And, but, and at the same time, we don't need, we should not forget that sometimes medication can allow us to do the inner work. Yes. Yes. Okay? So just keep that, keep that in mind. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great support system. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next question is comparing my girlfriend to others. I experience enormous anxiety and I'm triggered nonstop, leading to controlling behavior um, in brackets, trying to fix her. I completely resonate with this. Um, or an urge to leave, yeah, to be safe, yeah. Uh, how can I work on healing my nerve? Yeah, so I'm thinking of two things. It, it could be more the avoidant attachment sometimes, yeah? the avoidant attachment, uh, avoidant attached person, if, in a way, is afraid of really committing because that's a long story and, and then yeah. and so but they don't understand on a conscious level on an unconscious level they might you know it's hard to get more close and then we will have the conscious defense mechanisms that will tell us but she's not perhaps the one for you okay and then you will start comparing and then you'll have these excuses to go actually deeper because what happens as soon as you are focused on that person is that person right for me you can, you're not going to go deeper with them, right? You're not going to come closer because that is something that stands between you. So that's a great defense mechanism of getting closer. That's one explanation. So then you would need to figure out what is it that frightens you when someone gets closer that you need to start, you know, questioning mm-hmm. them. Are they the right person? That is one aspect. Other aspect could be, um, are we accepting? I posted, think, I think once I posted or... I should still be posting it, but it's on, we can only accept our partner when we have accepted ourselves. Yeah. Otherwise it often is a reflection of our own feelings of unworthiness. So yeah, I think that is important to keep in mind. Often it's a sign we need to do the inner work somewhere we don't accept ourselves because if we would have accepted ourselves, then we would have also have peace with the exactly the way our partner is if they're gorgeous not gorgeous this or that because we already feel gorgeous inside so we don't need it externally yeah no problem thank you for asking that question i know that i didn't get the entirety of the question but hopefully that answered um a decent bit of it um okay so this um same guy um but he asked um this was like in a second part um which was asked earlier he said i'm highly a highly avoidant person in relationships I really struggle with intrusive thoughts towards my partner, which comes out as flaw finding, um, hyper focus on her mannerisms and intelligence and comparing. Yeah, so, um, so same same guy that was asking the question earlier, um, but um, really he ends the question around how can I work on healing my nervous system and becoming less a less shallow person, 
um, so that um, ideally, by the sounds of it, he wants to have less intrusive thoughts. How does one do that? Hmm. Yeah, I love this question. I, th I think it's so good also just the, like with the other question because it insinuates that they are they realize that they might be the problem and not their partner, right? And yes. um, yeah, that's good. And it, it, could it be that what this person is describing is that uh, they should go to their, their fear? What is the fear? What is what are the instances? What is the um, all the thinking about these things about my partner should be this should be that? Am I is there fear inside? With fear, I mean, is there a fear? So what if she's not good enough, or she she's not this, or she's not that, or he's not this, or he's not that? And then what? What are you afraid of? Is mm. it what is it? Is it that you end up with the wrong person? So is it a fear of attachment? Is it is it a fear that what people will think of you? Is it is it is it something that you feel that you that gives you some resistance towards that person? So is it the fear of intimacy in a way, and that you have excuses? So we need to go first always. What it what is it? What is the fear about? What am I afraid about? If that makes sense. Yes, definitely. Yeah, a, d a deeper awareness around self. And yeah, I'm uh, not sure. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Kieran, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I oh, know. I was going to say. Um, you mentioned. Um, what if they aren't the right person for me? Um, because mm -hmm. I know that the attachment can get in, in the way of clarity around that. So mm -hmm. I actually wanted to ask a question that would align with what what's been talked about, and it's something I wanted to talk about anyway in romantic relationships, but we ran out of time. Which is, like, how does one know if they're in the right relationship? Because I mm -hmm. think that can be actually a, a problem, which is. Um, an underlying factor that's buried beneath attachment in relationships, right? Where well, mm -hmm. we don't want to look at that because we're so attached to the love that we're getting from someone else. Yeah, it's a complicated one. Eh? It's a complicated one. Well, I think, and I, I, I cannot answer that, I think. But what we can do is, is see, listen, if you are, if you are turned off by, uh, by like looks, like more superficial stuff, Yes. then that is not what people, what makes us happy. If you are turned off by their disrespect towards you, then I would say, yeah, that sounds healthy. <laughs> if they're disrespecting yeah. you, they're not uh, respecting your boundaries where well, you have made them clear. Some people don't yes. make their boundaries clear. We need to make them clear. Otherwise, yeah. That's a good point. Communication for sure. Yes. Okay. But so, yeah. So it depends on what you are rejecting them on. But if you're rejecting them based on their looks, on their this, on their that, is it your fear? Then perhaps it doesn't mean that that person is not necessarily the right person for you, but it's a fear you need to work on. Having said yeah. that, if you haven't done the inner work, then... Yeah, then perhaps this is not the right partner for you because they're triggering you too much. You will need to do the inner work yes. and perhaps this is not the partner for you right now. You're not up to that partner right now. Yes. Up for that partner. Yes, yes. I like that point of right now. And that's, that's definitely a beautiful point as well because mm -hmm. it could be either or for sure. Yeah. I definitely understand. I get you when you say that. That's awesome. Um, and there was another um, question here, which was, why do I feel super anxious? Uh, even in every little thing, such as talking to a new person or communicating with a new person. I just want to actually thank you for that because you know, it's taken courage to even ask that question, I'm sure. So thank you for doing that. Um, and also thank you to the earlier guy and also the earlier lady yeah. that was sharing authentically and vulnerably. Um, these, like, these questions are bold questions. So I just want to say um, kudos to you guys for doing that because it takes a lot of boldness to do that. Absolutely. So to that question, um, yeah, so 
why does this person feel super anxious in every situation, um, such as talking to new people or communicating with a new person? Yeah, often, again, also, I think it's a great, I think a lot of people are dealing with this. I think a lot of people are dis- dealing with this. Sometimes we can call it social, social anxiety, social phobia. Um, again, ask yourself, do you have any idea? Uh, do we have any idea? What are we afraid about? Is it that, do we have an assumption, a projection that they will, I don't know, think we are, I don't know, this or that or this or that. We're, so uh, what are we afraid about? I believe often it can be the result of, as a child, we grew up in which, or uh, not, not so safe environments, not so secure environments, in which when we were showed up as our authentic self, we were ignored or rejected, for instance, by our parents. Or, or shamed, or this or that. So then we grow up, and then we believe that other pers- people will also judge, or you know, not accept us uh, as we are. Uh, will respond to us, um, or we believe we grew up with dominant people, and we believe that we need to subjugate, that we need to just do as they please, that we don't have a automatic. Normally, when I'm engaging with you, I feel that I have my own voice, my own power. Mm. If I don't like something, I will tell you. And then I feel safe, secure, because there's no risk. But if I project onto you my dominant parent or my ignoring or shaming parent, I will believe that in the interaction with you, if you will ask me something, I will have to answer you. I will have to Mm. do that. Otherwise, you will think I'm crazy, this, that, or this, or you will think all these things of me. So if I have that idea about you that automatically I will be anxious because I know that in this conversation I won't be able to stand up for myself I won't have the right to so there's different reasons we might be anxious if that makes sense yes it does yes yes of course because it's quite a broad question but I think that was um that's beautifully um touched on Mm. and that's why in safe attachments and in group therapy we can unlearn this we can see that the other person is safe and that we can be we need to practice being ourselves doing the crazy things that we are so afraid of that they will reject us of and then see with our own eyes that now people you know won't be bothered they will want you to show up authentically yes mm-hmm. let's the, do two final questions let's do, let's so do it the second to last question is after some years of i think this is a brilliant one after some years of therapy, um, I still cannot let go of taking the shame. Oh, sorry, taking the blame. Sorry, I'm just hard to read. It's more writing. Um, so I, 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 she's finding that she's blaming herself um, and uh, creating imbalances in relationships. I have tremendous resistance on my way to accept full responsibility. Okay, so resistance to full responsibility and constant blaming of self. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting because a lot of people might think now, how is this possible? You are blaming yourself, but you're, you're saying that you're not taking responsibility. Well, in fact, that is the same thing. Because if we're able to take responsibility, we won't end up in self-blaming. Self-blaming is saying, I effed up. I am a screw yes. up. I am a this. I am a that. I am I'm a failure. That is not taking responsibility. Responsibility is saying, this I didn't do correctly. And this specific thing, I need to change. I'm not dissing my whole personality or my characteristics. 
Um, so being caught, caught up in blaming ourselves could be a defense mechanism of, as a child when you have identified perhaps you had a parent that blamed you. So a parent normally, if you break a glass, for instance, would say, honey, uh, because they understand that the child also gets scared when they break a glass. They don't do it on purpose. So they will comfort the child. Don't worry. It's okay. We'll be okay. But let's figure out this happened already twice this day. What's going on? Let's see if we can be more careful, right? That's a, a compassionate way. But some parents will, will respond with, how dare you? You did that on purpose. Yes. And you broke it already again. So the child internal, if they identify with the parent, they will uh, uh, believe that they are bad and they need to be punished. So as a defense mechanism, they will need to blame themselves to as a sort of punishment and then a compensation to feel at ease. So in their daily lives, they will be punishing or blaming themselves to be able to feel at ease. So then we will need to heal that wound from the childhood, if that makes sense. Mm. Yes. That is a theory, a theory. Yeah. Only when only when we're able to accept ourselves and understand we're not a bad person, we can make a, gra- a break a glass, but we're good. We're inherently worthy. Only then we have the capacity to be able to take to hold negative aspects and take responsibility for our mistakes instead of saying, "Oh, I'm the worst person. I'm bad. I'm this. I'm that." Then we're able to say, "No, I'm a good person, and I did something wrong, and I'm taking able to take responsibility for it." Yes. Yes. Um, ownership has definitely been a fascinating thing in my own journey. Um, I'm reading actually, um, Jocko Willink's, um, book, which is extreme ownership. Um, I, I think I'm only just reading it now, but, um, I've definitely, um, listened to, um, people like himself a lot, Mm -hmm. which, um, do, uh, really frame this idea of ownership in a really beautiful way, which is taking 100% responsibility in such a way where it's not self-blame, but it is um, now giving me the power to create change. Because if I'm now putting blame into someone else's hands, I'm also saying that it's going to require this person to fix the situation so that I can heal. But now if I'm relying on the other person to fix the situation so that I can heal, it's out of my hands and I'm giving away my power. Um, so I, I really love that. So I really resonate with what you've shared because it's definitely something that I've really had to actually work on a lot for myself, which is, um, which is yes. well, as, as he would say, extreme ownership um, and actually taking ownership yeah. for um, the things that um, I am finding can be painful in my life, even if, yes, um, it might be like because of something else or someone else, um, but rather than being able to actually um, just blame that person and then give away my power, turn and work, yes. take ownership for what I can do here in the situation and then work on don't, it. Don't forget, uh, this is a great point, and, and Kieran, don't forget that for many people this is very hard when they have an external locus of control, that they grew up believing yes. that everything is outside of their control. So they yes. will need to, they, people can read up on external locus of control, internal locus of control. It can change your life. Mm. If you feel that you are in control of what's, what's happening to you, it's a game changer. You're going from surviving to thriving. Yes. Yes, no, I know that's a beautiful mm-hmm. point because it's, um, to be honest, um, like if I reflect on my younger years when I um, was going through major depression, I was diagnosed with that. And um, mm-hmm. it was uh, a, definitely a situation where for many years of that, I did feel, like you said, um, in a place where I couldn't take that ownership because of the fact that I grew up in, in such a way. So mm-hmm. I, I definitely resonate with that for sure. Um, it's, yeah, it's been interesting to see how, that can evolve over time, um, but definitely takes a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so we'll do one final question. Okay, so um, I'll just share this because it's already been answered before, but mm -hmm. um, someone said, how do we heal the childhood wound um, though that's making us, um, oh, how do we heal the childhood wound that's making us anxious? Um, so that, um, for the person that's asking, was already answered actually um, a little bit more in an episode that we recorded. So you'll be able to go back and listen to that episode mm -hmm. that, will be, that will come up in the next sort of um, wee, um, wee bit. And this um, interview as well um, on the live, you'll be able to go back over and listen to it because um, you'll find much more value in actually going over it because there's much more in-depth answer in terms of how to work on that. So we'll just wait for one final question, just whoever wants can, to, whoever's first in. Can I, in the meantime, ask you a question, Kieran, that, because I'm curious, how, how did you get out of your depression? What was, how did you manage to do that? Oh man, I mean, like we, 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 I could do a whole, a whole, whole spiel yeah. on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting because it's really only in the last two years of my life where um, depression isn't something that's now um, been an experience that's um, consumed me. So I would say um, in the time of major depression, it was a situation where if something triggered me, even mm -hmm. slightly, I'd, it would send me into weeks or months of depressiveness where I wouldn't experience happiness. Mm. If I experience happiness, I'd be afraid of it because I'm, I'm like, if I, if I feel happy, then I'll lose it. And you know, mm. it's not going to stay. And like, I really, yes. yeah, and there, was, there was this weird attachment to the emotion of happiness yeah. um, and also avoidant <laughs> attachment. Mm. Um, so it was really like a combination of therapy because that's what got me going. Mm. Um, and also some main practices around for me, meditation was massive. Um, because it gave me the opportunity of actually becoming more familiar mm -hmm. with the feelings of depression that I was so afraid of. It's like I had this weird relationship with depression where it was comfortable because it's something I'm used to feeling. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I hated myself for feeling that way. I hated mm -hmm. that version of myself that was like that. So there was like this um, rejection of that emotion um, and that rejection of that version of myself that would feel that emotion. Mm -hmm. So through meditation, I was allowed to develop a, a more familiar relationship, I suppose, with that version of myself that I was mm -hmm. so strongly rejecting and hating. Um, and I learned to be more accepting of that. I learned to embrace that part of myself. So that was definitely a big, thank you. Yeah, it yeah. was definitely a really big thing that served me. Um, I'd say probably the most out of everything, to be honest. Um, but it wasn't the only thing. Like there were various other things like um, uh, practicing um, the thing that I mentioned earlier, which is the ownership aspect, but that tied into discipline. Um, but discipline not in the form of... Um, the traditional discipline idea that I know a lot of people can get, which is like, I need to just be hard. It was at least hard. It was actually more gentle discipline. It was sort of like the discipline to, mm -hmm. um, to trust, to learn to actually stick to my word. So when I tell myself I'm going to do something, I do it. When I tell myself, um, you know, I'm going to get up at this time, I do. When I tell myself I'm going to meditate yeah. for 10 minutes tomorrow, Great. I do. And yeah. I learned to trust myself. And that way when, um, I got into challenging scenarios, which previously made me anxious and then triggered me into depression. Um, I would now trust myself to be okay in those moments mm -hmm. where in the past I didn't feel okay because okay. of that integrity that came from that. Oh, wow. So, so you developed your, the self-trust part. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And with the meditation, yeah. you were able to distance yourself from what was happening, from your emotions, because depression yes. is also part of suffering in getting stuck in our thoughts that, that these thoughts are reality and meditation allows you to distance yourself from their thoughts and then you can just be. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. Yes. It was a combination of that distance, but then mm. also the familiarity aspect. I'm like, of course, um, what I noticed is I, I felt less 
triggered in my nervous system when those emotions would come through me because I wasn't rejecting them and I wasn't, I didn't uh, see them as a threat anymore. If yes. That makes sense. So I wouldn't, yes. it wouldn't send me into anxiety. I wouldn't yes. react to those emotions. So yeah, it's it. a really interesting combination of those two. Um, okay, cool. Now let's do a last question. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so kind. Okay. So someone did say I'm wise for 25. Thank you. I'm not 25 yes. anymore. I'm 27. Uh, but um, I've got a long way to go. Trust me. <laughs> I appreciate that though. Um, okay, cool. Thank you for the person that asked this last question. Uh, hypothetically speaking, nicely said. Okay, so would children be better served to be raised without parents or caregivers? That's an interesting question. <laughs> well, who would raise them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Who would raise them? But especially but like an undeveloped prefrontal cortex, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, listen, don't forget, 60 to 70% of people have a secure attachment. Eh? Get the, the need, the minimal care they need. Yeah. 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 And otherwise, we need to do the healing as adults. Yeah. So, okay. Well, here's, here's one last one. Um, and then we'll wrap up. How do you deal with narcissists? Shall we leave them? It's very simple. Okay. <laughs> This is a, such a or nothing question. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. Okay, so it's uh, and I posted on this today. Uh, there's no point in in general to to say to check is my partner good or bad? Is someone good or bad? What we need to do is f figure out something much more important. Do they have the the requirements that you need for a, a, a fulfilling relationship? Do they have the inner safety? The inner safety meaning, are they able to take ownership? Are they able to say, actually, in my last relationship, that aspect, I did not well. I did not do that well. That's my fault. Do they have that ability? If they lack the ability, everything wants someone else's fault, you might be dealing with someone who hasn't the ability to take ownership. You will be in trouble because then you will be always wrong because they don't have the capacity to take the ownership, the inner safety. Mm. Does the person have emotional empathy? Are they love bombing you saying all these amazing things, but you don't feel the emotional, they don't feel, you don't feel it? You're like, huh, this feels cold suddenly. Then you might be dealing with someone who lacks that capacity. If someone really lacks that capacity, good luck. It's going to be a tough relationship. We need to have emotional empathy to be able to understand that we're hurting you. Otherwise, there's no natural yeah. break. Um, and also the entitlement. The, do they feel that they're entitled? Do do you need to be their slave? Do you know? Is, do they really believe that? The, 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 these things are complicated. And then a lot of say people say, well, I need my partner to go into therapy. Well, okay, if you have a wound to heal. But then if there's a real structure, structural problem, the personality structure, the buildup, the lack of these things, it might take a long time if they are willing to go to because their this structure is exactly the structure that protects them of feeling problems. So they won't feel that they're the problem. Often uh, a narcissist will get into therapy when they're around, I say, just say 50 or their wife divorced them, they got fired right. because then they're getting into it. The reason is not because I'm a narcissist, no, because they don't feel that they have an issue, but because they're depressed. And that might be yes. an opening, an opening for them to see, okay, now slowly let's try to build, to break down the structure for you to get to your vulnerability, if they're able to. 
Beautiful. I hope well, this answers Stephanie, the question. Yeah. yeah, I think I think this is like a, I I did ask you to be as succinct as possible, so I think that's yeah. that's um that covers it very well and, and um with respect to that. So thank you, Stephanie, Doctor Stephanie, guys, she has yes. been amazing. All right, thank you to all. Instagram live to the podcast. Yes, thank you so yes. much. Um, honestly, this has been very valuable. I've learned a lot myself. Um, so I'm sure, and I hope that others have learned a lot as well. So as always, thanks for tuning in. Um, I really hope that you got a lot out of it. I know I absolutely am learning so much from Dr. Stephanie. I'm sure we might have her on in a future uh, podcast as she does deliver her content very beautifully, very in a very straightforward way, in a way that's digestible. Now, if you enjoyed this, please go ahead and start uh, giving this a good old share. Um, a nice like would even help if you don't really have the time to go and share. And that, you know, I, I accept that. That's okay. Everyone's busy in this day and age but it really does us massive favors when you go ahead and share or you leave a nice review um, those things are always massively helpful for us to get this stuff out to the audience more so that we can help more people and you might be able to help us to change more lives which is the idea of this podcast now if you found that you resonated a lot with dr stephanie i'd highly suggest going and following her on instagram which is psychologist stephanie you'll find those details in the description of this podcast or this youtube video and you can also find a website there psychologiststephanie.com where you can find more information about stephanie as well as opportunities to work with her which i'd highly recommend if you found this stuff useful so subscribe rate and review ciao